Well, good morning, 9 a.m. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Can we go ahead and give it up for all of our family that's watching online as well? We love you guys, all of our online church and people that still have not yet come back to church. Man, we miss you guys. We can't wait to see you in person. And uh, by the way, happy Father's Day to all the dads that are out there. Man, we love you guys. We hope you're enjoying some maple bacon donuts whatever that is and uh enjoying that we're 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 happy to celebrate you today before we kind of dive in um let me just say uh this last weekend we we had our legacy offering and throughout this week we've heard a lot of people say hey i wasn't able to be there last weekend can i still give this weekend yes you still can you can give online you can give through an offering envelope there on your seats we'd love for you to participate in what god is doing in our church as we expand to an additional location lighthouse point and uh, starting on Monday our, our field here to the north of our facility will no longer be active it'll be fenced in and uh, construction will be going on and so this is our last weekend to have that field to the north of us and so we're excited about what God is doing here in our church and so we're, we're pumped about that so you can still participate with us in what is happening here so why don't you guys go ahead and grab your worship guides this morning grab that handout that's on your seat and you can follow along in there we've been in a series over the last couple weeks called Psalm 23. And what we've been doing is we've been going verse by verse, kind of statement by statement, something a little bit different for us. Uh, but, but I thought it would be fun this summer to do something a little bit different than what we normally do and just go and just exergy God's word. Just go verse by verse and go, hey, what does this really mean? And why is this significant? And why is this important? And if you missed the last couple weeks, I want to encourage you to go online and watch uh, the last two weeks as we dove into verse one in the first part of verse two and, and familiarize yourself with that. But today we're going we're gonna to dive into this. And we've said all along that one of the things that I personally like to do when I'm studying scripture is there are a couple things that I want to know if I'm studying scripture. First thing I want to know is who wrote what I'm reading. And so the author of Psalm 23 is a guy named David. David was one of the kings of Israel. He was also a shepherd as a boy. Uh, and, and so he's a shepherd and a king all at the same time. He's been both. And so David writes this psalm during a season of his life. You would think that he would have wrote this very early in his life, but he actually writes this very, very late in his life when he's actually in kind of a feud with his son Absalom. There's, there's been a coup. His, his son is trying to take over the kingdom of Israel. It's actually split in two. And David is on the run for his life. And so the context with which he writes this is a season that is filled with anxiety. It's a season that's filled with unknown. It's a season that's filled with a lot of fear and angst in it. Some kind of like things that we experience in life. And the purpose of David writing Psalm 23 is to position you and I to have strength in the midst of our struggle. So I don't know what your struggle is that you're facing here today. It may be a relational struggle. It might be a financial struggle. It might be a family member struggle. It might be a, a, a health struggle. It might be a fear and anxiety struggle. But the purpose of Psalm 23 is to give you strength in the midst of your struggle. And I believe that God wants to strengthen you today through his word. And so we're gonna read Psalm 23 Starting in verse one, it says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And can I hear a big amen? There we go, there we go. Now I feel like I'm back in Catholic church as a kid, so we're good now for all the Catholic upbringing people. Now we feel right at home. We're gonna have you kneel, then we're gonna stand, kneel, sand, and it'll be great. But <laughs> if you've never been to Catholic church, you have no idea what I'm talking about, okay. Uh, <laughs> but David starts this out saying, the Lord is my shepherd. He starts off with this very, very personal thing, saying that, man, there is a God that is out there that wants to know you personally. And not only does he wanna know you personally, but he wants you to know him. There is this, this authentic relationship that you can have with God. And not only is he your shepherd, but he is a good shepherd. And we said last week that once we recognize and realize that God is a good shepherd in our life, then there are some benefits that he wants to add to us and we said last week that he said he makes me lie down in green pastures that it begins with rest that no matter how frantic your life is or how busy you feel or how exhausted you are that God actually wants to give you rest in the middle of those seasons because it begins with rest. He wants you to experience this real rest in life. And then he continues on in verse two, and he says something that doesn't really make a lot of sense. He says this, and then he leads me beside quiet waters. Now, this is an important statement because we have our sheep right over here that we've been hanging out with over the last couple of weeks. And, and the one thing that I've learned about sheep over studying them is that sheep are made up of about 70% water, which makes them very, very thirsty animals. Like, they are constantly needing a drink because so much of their composition is made up of water. So they're constantly panting and thirsting for water. Now, in, in, in sheep, they need a lot of water to survive on a daily basis. In fact, every day, sheep needs not one gallon of water. Sheep need not two gallons of water, not three gallons of water, not four gallons of water, but every day, a sheep needs five gallons of water just to survive. And some of y'all are struggling with eight glasses. Five gallons. How many of y'all know that sheep pee a lot? So they're thirsty animals. Like, they are constantly looking for a source. Now, this is a big deal. Because last week, we, we started talking about where David is actually at. And David, David, as a shepherd, is in a place called the Negev Desert. Now, the Negev Desert looks a lot like this, because these are actually pictures of the Negev Desert. Now, when you look at the Negev Desert, it looks very brown. It looks very barren. It looks very dry. It does not look like there are a lot of places for water there, does it? So... If there's not a lot of water there, when David describes the Lord as leading me beside still waters or quiet waters, he's making an extremely bold statement about God. 
He's saying, listen, I know that you look at your life and you see a lot of things that are lacking. You see a lot of things that are not satisfying, but I want you to know that as your good shepherd, I will lead you to some places that will satisfy the deepest needs in your life if you'll allow me to. And so today what I need you to know is that God is the thirst quencher. God is the thirst quencher. Now, I know Gatorade came out, and they said that they are the thirst quencher, but the original thirst quencher is not Gatorade. It is actually God. And this is this idea that we all have cravings, we all have desires in our life, and we're out there somewhere looking for the answer to those things. And that you and I need to know that our good shepherd is the one that will satisfy those needs in our life if we'll allow him to. I, I was up in Boston a couple of months ago, I, I had the opportunity to speak for one of the overseers of our church at his church, and then there was a conference that was going on on a Tuesday, and so I, I was up there, I spoke at his church on a, on a Sunday, and then we went to lunch afterwards, and you ever had like one of those meals that, that like, it, it, like something was bad there, and you got sick afterwards, and so I, I, I was sick, I was feeling sick to my stomach, and I told him, hey, I'm gonna stay in for the night, I don't want, I want to do anything tonight, and I woke up the next day, I was still feeling sick, and so I called them up, and I said, man, I'm not doing well and they said hey we have something that will solve all of your problems have you ever heard that from somebody like i've got something that will solve all your they came over they they brought this 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 stuff it's called bentonite and they said hey take a scoop of this and put it in your water stir it up and drink it you'll feel better instantaneously like it is a game changer it works all the time in our house and and anytime somebody does that i'm like man i i want to feel better i want to be satisfied i don't want to have this pain i don't want to have this fear i don't want to have any of this anymore I want to be satisfied, so I went into my room. I put this scoop of thing in my water. I stirred it up. It looks clear. It has no smell to it. I drank it, and all of a sudden, I was super thirsty. And so I walked out of my hotel room. Remember, this is in the middle of COVID season. I walked out of my hotel room to go to like the water station where you can fill up your water bottles and things. And as I'm filling up my water bottle, all of a sudden, my stomach does not feel good. And within like... 30 seconds, luckily I turned around and there was a trash can right there. I had projectile vomits like all over the place. And I'm thinking to myself, somebody is gonna arrest me in this hotel room because I'm not supposed to be throwing up in, in this season of life. And I remember going back to the hotel room and calling them up and going, what in the world did you just give me? I thought you said that this would make me better, not make me throw up everywhere. They're like, man, we gave you bentonite, and that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you throw up. I'm like, why didn't you tell me that before? I would not have left my hotel room. <laughs> the reason I tell that story is because, see, I thought I was going to take something that was going to ease and satisfy the pains that were going on in my life, and actually it just made me worse in that moment. And for like the next 24 hours. I didn't have it just coming out of here. I had it coming out of here. It's terrible. A little TMI for you, I know, it's, it's early. Welcome to what the world has to offer you. The things that you think will satisfy you. Money, relationships, fame, people. All those things the world has to offer. And the Bible tells us this in Proverbs 23. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, you know what it leads to? It leads to death. You're actually worse off than you were before. Why? Because the world cannot 
satisfied. That's why David addresses this in Psalm 23, verse 2b. He leads me beside quiet waters. That thirst in your life. And listen, the world is thirsty for so much. And here's what I know about you, and here's what I know about me. All of us are thirsting for something that is authentic and that is real and something that will satisfy the depths of our soul. And if we want to experience that, we need to know that that only comes from a good shepherd who will lead us to a place of satisfaction that the world can never take us to. In fact, let let me say it like this. Something is leading your life. Something or someone is leading your life. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. What does he do? He leads me beside quiet waters. So my question for you this morning is this, is what is leading your life? What is leading your life? Because something or someone is leading your life. For some of you, the thing that is leading your life are the cravings that are inside of you. It's those desires that you have. It's, it's the thing that drives you. It's the thing that makes you do something. It's the thing that makes you do this at work and do that at home. And it's, it's the thing that keeps you up at night. The cravings within your soul. And the problem is, is that if you're being led by your cravings, the cravings will always take you to the same place. You know where that's gonna lead? you, it's always going to lead you to death. That's the place that your cravings will always take you. It'll take you to a place where it will eventually kill you. That relationship is not worth it. That drug is not worth it. That, that, that person is not worth it. That skimming off the top is not worth it. That website is not worth it. I'm telling you, it will either lead you or you have the option to crucify it. Those are the only choices. It's gonna lead you or you're gonna crucify that thing. And I would submit to you that today what we need to do is we need to begin to crucify those cravings because they will never bring you to the outcome that you actually desire in life. How about this one? Many people are being led by culture. They're letting culture lead them in life. Culture will constantly tell you to do something. Here's what they'll say. Everybody's doing it. And I'm always very cautious when everybody's doing it. I'm I'm just going to be honest with you. uh, I'm just going to be really, really bold. When the majority of people say that it's right, it's probably wrong. It's probably wrong. Just because everybody's doing it and everybody's on the same page doesn't mean that it's right. In fact, I've found that, that what culture says and what God's word said very, very rarely ever align up. They just rarely do. So you have to be steadfast in saying, you know what? I'm gonna go with what God says and I understand that that might not be cool that that might not be hip, that I might be going against the flow, but I'm not gonna be led by culture. I'm gonna be actually led by what God's word actually says. For some of us, we're not being led by cravings or culture. What we're being led by is we're being led by our crew. The people that we have surrounded ourselves with in our lives. And you go, "Well, well, my friends are doing it. Be careful who you allow in your life. Everyone is being led by something or someone, and some people have got some sheep around them that are having them make some bad, bad, bad decisions in life. 
Come on, that was a good, that was a good dad joke right there. Come on, somebody. It's for all the fathers out there. That's what, something you would do with your kids. You keep making the same dumb decisions because you keep hanging out with the same dumb sheep. Like we talk about this all the time. You wanna know what your life looks like? Look at your five closest friends. Do you want that kind of marriage? Do you want that kind of spiritual life? Do you want those kind of relationships? Do you want those kind of attitudes? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. You've gotta evaluate them and ask, is this the kind of life I wanna have in five years from now? And if it's not, then start to make some changes. Because there are things that are leading your life and you go, I don't know why I'm so unsatisfied. It's because you're allowing cravings. It's because you're allowing culture. It's because you're allowing your crew to lead you and they will never lead you to a place of satisfaction in your life. There is only one place that will lead you to satisfaction and that is Jesus Christ. It's Christ, the good shepherd who wants to lead you he wants to lead you to breakthrough. He wants to lead you to greatness. He wants you to lead you to the life that he designed you to have. And you have a decision to make. Am I going to allow the good shepherd to lead me? Or am I going to try to lead myself and allow all these other things to lead me? I love what St. Augustine said. He said, oh God, thou hast made us for thyself. And our souls are restless, searching till they find their rest in the, until you find satisfaction in God, you will never experience all that God has for your life. John Piper said it like this, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And my goal for this whole message today is that, that we would find people that find themselves so unsatisfied in life would begin to find their satisfaction, their worth, and their value in the good shepherd himself. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. And, there, I, and I get it. There's so many people that go, well, well, TJ, I know that you say God will satisfy you. And that I know that you say that he is the answer. But being a Christian looks so boring and so dry. And what I would say to you is that you have never experienced my God. My God will take you on the adventure of a lifetime. My God will take you on a roller coaster will, that will change the trajectory of my life because my God is a good God. He is a good shepherd. And he has a good way and he wants to do good things in your life. And listen, I know that I'm giving you a lot of lessons on sheep over the last couple of weeks, but Bible, the Bible refers to us as sheep over 200 times in Scripture. But there are some things that we can learn from sheep. If, if, if a sheep has to consume five gallons of water every day, where in the world does he get that satisfaction from? But in studying sheep, they, they find those five gallons of water through three different areas. They find it through, through dew, through, through streams, and through wells. These are the three things that, that sheep will get all the nourishment they need, those five gallons of water, through these three sources. Now, when I picture how a sheep gets fed, I picture this little pond that everybody just kind of rolls up and drinks, but, but actually they find it through these sources. So let me 
lead you through these three different sources where they find satisfaction. So every morning, what the shepherd would do is, is he would get up early and he would go and look in the pastures and he would go and find the pasture with the most amount of moisture on the ground. What he'd do is he'd get the sheep and he, he'd lead them to the pasture because the majority of the water that the sheep would drink for the day would actually be from the dew that is on the ground and on the plants for their satisfaction for the day. It's crazy, isn't it, when you think about it? Like, put that picture of dew back up. Like, you think, like, how are you gonna get five gallons out of that? But somehow, the sheep are able to get all the, all, almost all of the water supply they need from the dew. So here's what I found and here's what I believe the do stands for. The do is, is I am satisfied when I daily spend time in God's word. When the first thing in the morning is, is I am led by my shepherd and I say, man, God, where are you taking me today? How are you gonna nourish me? How are you gonna feed me? And, and it's all about what are you putting in your life first thing in the morning. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of dieting. Not, I, I don't love dieting. It's not my favorite thing to do. Like, I don't really like healthy food. Does anybody like eating healthy food? Okay, there's, there's one kid. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Good job, parents. <laughs> but can we be honest? Junk food always tastes better than healthy food. Come on. Like, I would always take a loaded Charm City burger over a kale salad with a stale piece of chicken on it every day. Come on. Like, it just tastes better. Like when I get to heaven, the first thing I'm going to ask God is like, God, okay, why did you make healthy food taste so terrible and terrible food for you taste so good? Like this is a just like, you could have helped a brother out by doing the opposite. And, and I know somebody's out there, well, you haven't tasted the healthy food that I make. Yes, I have. And pizza is still better. I promise you. <laughs> Here's my point in all this. When you load up on junk food, while you're eating it, it feels really, really good. Like that burger, that pizza, it feels good when it's going down. But afterwards, man, you feel sluggish. Like you just wanna peel down on the couch and just go like, oh. Like you're just, you just, you feel bloated and you're not enjoying it because it doesn't really do much for you. Why? Because a lot of times the things that satisfy us in the moment actually leave us worse off in the long run. And that's a lot of us in the mornings. Instead of spending time in God's word, instead of spending time in prayer, instead of spending time in worship, we go, I don't really know if that will satisfy me. And so instead what we do is we take out our phones and we scroll through Instagram or Facebook or we turn on the TV and check out The View or Fox News or CNN and, and we fill our life with all of this stuff because it seems so fun and it seems so ex exciting in the moment. But afterwards you feel gross. Afterwards you feel worse off than when you woke up, why? Because that thing will never be able to satisfy your soul. 
That's why when you wake up in the morning, one of the first things you need to do is pursue God. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. In other words, they will be satisfied. And I don't know what your morning routine is, but if you want to experience the satisfaction that God has for you, then wake up every single day and go, God, I want to spend time in your word. I want to know you. I want to understand you. I want to get the nutrition that I need for my soul for this day, today, from what you have to offer me. And it's in the mornings that you get that time with him. That's why David said in Psalm 42, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul. You know what it pants for? It pants for you, oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I meet with God. In church, that kind of craving is the craving that I think that every single one of us should have in our life. It shouldn't just be a Sunday morning thing. It should be a Monday morning, a Tuesday morning, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday. It should be every day of our life that we are craving more and more of God. When we wake up, we should be like, God, man, the first thing that I want to do is I want to understand and know you. I want to know where you're leading and guiding me this day and what you have for me. In fact, this summer, I want to challenge you, church. I want to challenge you this summer to get in God's Word on a daily basis. Get on a Bible reading plan. If you don't know what that is, go and download this app right here. It's called the YouVersion Bible app. And in there, there are daily Bible reading plans. Go through the Gospels. Go through the New Testament. Find out who the good shepherd is, Jesus Christ himself, and how he wants to work and move and, and do things in your life. Because here is what I believe. I read God's word daily because my soul needs daily nourishment. It's what it needs. My soul needs it, and you know what? Your soul needs it. All of you that are watching online, your soul needs it. Same way I need daily nourishment for my body, for my physical being, my spiritual being, my soul needs the same thing. And so we've got to learn to feed it because our soul is not fed through social media. Our soul is not fed through drama. Our soul is not fed through magazines and in TV shows, that doesn't feed our soul. You know what feeds our soul? God's word. And we've got to be a church that's passionate about knowing God and knowing what he has already said to the place where we are craving God's word to feed our soul every single day of our lives. Let me say it like this. Every single meal that I eat is important, but every single meal that I eat is not memorable. Like every meal that I eat is important, but not every single meal is memorable. Like I don't remember what I ate yesterday for lunch, but I know that the, that meal that I ate for lunch yesterday is important because today, this morning, is giving me the energy to get up here and preach my heart out to you because that meal was important. Like that meal did not change my life in the moment. In fact, I can't even remember what I ate, but it's giving me things today that are nourishing me to get through this day. And listen, for some of you, the reason you struggle with God's word is because you get into it and you expect like, man, this is gonna be life-changing and it's just normal. It's like you read something, you're like, okay, I didn't really understand that. And 
That didn't really make sense to cut foreskins off, nail them to the wall. What does that have to do with anything? But here's what you don't get. You have no idea what that's actually doing for your soul. You have no idea how God is working behind the scenes on the unseen things of your life to move you forward. Uh, Shayla and I, a couple weeks ago, we got invited out to dinner with this couple, and they're like, hey, we're gonna go to Ruth Chris, and I was like, I'm in. And, uh, and when we got there, the, when we showed up, they had ordered appetizers, and like when I say they ordered appetizers, they ordered everything that was on the menu. There was, there was lobster tail, there was shrimp, there was calamari, there was oysters, like there was everything that was there. It was unbelievable. Then the guy says, hey, I want you to know that we're celebrating tonight, so you can order anything on the menu that you want. You can get, you can get the, the biggest steak that you want. And I'm like, man, I am getting a ribeye, a bone-in ribeye, and I know that there's some vegan person out I'm like, I can't believe you would do that. Listen, I'm gonna eat my ribeye and like it while you chew on the grass. Enjoy that grass. <laughs> You're gonna die healthy, but I'm gonna die happy, okay? It's different. <laughs> and so, man, and, and then he orders like all the fit, like all the sides for the entire table. That was a life-changing meal. Like, it was, it was life-changing and memorable, and as memorable and life-changing as that meal was, it was not any less important than the lunch that I ate yesterday that I can't even remember. Yeah. Yeah. Same is true with your devotional life. Don't think that it has to be extraordinary for it to be essential. Some of y'all need to hear that again. Don't think that your time in God's word has to be extraordinary, but it's essential. And here's what I know is that you need to eat every single day. But I don't know if I'm getting anything out of it. It's okay. You're getting nourishment right now that feeds your soul, that strengthens you, and is making you stronger and better in your life because you're doing it. It's important. Then we have our streams. And, and this is what most people think of when they think of sheep actually drinking all this water. They think of the streams. And, and this is something that a sheep would not actually get to very often. This would be something that the shepherd would take them to maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks because it was not a, a common place for them to be grazing in. And so what he would do is he'd go like, hey, we're going to get your friends and we're all going to go together to this stream. And when we're at the the stream, you're gonna get a, an overabundance of what you need that day, so make sure that you're drinking up and that you're filling up extra. In the streams, what they represent is I am satisfied when I'm regularly worshiping in community. So I made it a point to say, man, we're gonna have our daily eating, and then there are these times that we were gonna come together once a week where we're gonna go and we're gonna get something together that we cannot get individually, where we're not gonna forsake the gathering with God's people, but we get together with God's people and we get filled up in ways that we cannot get alone, and you need this in your life. That's why in Acts chapter two, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking 
breaking of bread into prayer. They made it a point to get connected and to live in community together in the local church. And here's what I believe. The local church is God's strategy for community. Man, being together and being in the room, there is something that happens. I know some of you that are watching online right now and you're going, well, I just don't feel safe. Let me just tell you something right now. In the history of the church, it has never been safe for the believers to gather together. I don't care what you're facing here today. You're not facing somebody chopping your head off. You're facing you might get sick for a little bit. It's time for some of us to grow up. Just saying it, like in the history, like people gave up their lives to gather together and we're worrying about, man, I might get the sniffles. I'm not, I'm not downplaying COVID. Please don't misunderstand me. But what I'm saying is, is you go everywhere else. You go everywhere else. You're not afraid there, but you're afraid of the living God who wants to move in your life. Come on, come on, grow up. You've been lied to. Don't listen to culture all the time. Like, be safe, but it's gotten easy for us to get comfortable. And here's the thing about the Bible. I don't read a whole lot about comfort in the Bible. I just don't. I read a whole lot about community. I read a whole lot about gathering together. Why? Because there's something that happens when you're together that doesn't happen when you're alone. There's the presence of God in these places that is not conveyed through a TV or a computer screen. And man, I'm all for technology. We embrace technology. We got technology all over the place. But there's something about where two or more are gathered, there I am also. Something about that that you cannot get by yourself. And God's presence is here, and he does things in our midst that he doesn't do when you're by yourself. It's time for you to start prioritizing the important things in life. And one of those things is gathering together. It just is. And so I want to encourage you, get outside of your fear. Listen, faith is on the other side of your fear. We cannot let fear continue to rule and reign our life. Because if that is ruling and reigning our life, that is what is leading us. And actually, we have a good shepherd who wants to lead us to still waters. And here's what happens when you get planted in the house of God. Psalm 92, 13 says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. It's time for some of us to get back to flourishing in life. Finally, the last place sheep will get satisfaction of getting the thirst satisfied is from deep wells. And, and I don't know much about digging wells because that's not really something we do here in America except for with big rigs. But uh, this was something that was very, very, very important to people in that, in that area of the world. And one thing about wells that I've learned is that they are not natural. Like, you just don't show up and all of a sudden there's a well there. There is something that has to transpire for a, to have a need for a well. And typically, wells come out of dry seasons. They come out of uh, uh, famines. They come out of seasons that are lacked. When a good shepherd looks around and he says, man, there is not a source anywhere, what he will begin to do is he will begin to dig down deep to the depths of deep places to find a source that is beyond what we can see right then. And that source will end up satisfying everyone that's around them. That is what wells are birthed at. And when I looked at wells that are in my 
my life. I have daily moments that God is satisfying me. I have weekly gatherings of people together where God is doing something in my life. And then periodically, maybe that's once a month, once a year, once every couple of years, I have these well moments where I have these deep moments of satisfaction from God and here's what they look like. Wells is when I'm satisfied when I find God working through the difficult and dark seasons of life. That is well, well, that's where wells are. You wanna know where the deep work is at? It's when you feel dry, it's when you feel empty, it's when you feel lacking and it's in those moments when you, you press into your good shepherd And that good shepherd will begin to dig down deep and take you to places that you've probably never been before, but will ultimately lead to the greatest satisfaction of your life. Those are dark, those are difficult, those are trying, those are hard seasons. Some of you, you've come out of those seasons. Some of you are in the middle of those seasons right now. Jesus actually said in John 16, 33, he said, I've told you this so you wouldn't have peace in me. He's letting us know that there's gonna be seasons that we're gonna go through some hard things. There's gonna be some seasons where you're gonna go through some difficult things. In fact, he says here on earth, you know what you're gonna have? You're gonna have a lot of trials. A lot of sorrows. He says, but here's the good news. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. Other versions say, take courage. And I love this. He says, I have overcome the world. And what that means is the normal outcome for everybody else is not the outcome for God's people. Like, what is the outcome for everybody else? What is everybody? It would destroy them. It would defeat them. It would overwhelm them. No, no, no. He's going to, not so for you. He's saying, man, because I've overcome the world, here's the deal. You're not going to come out worse off. You're actually going to come out stronger. You're going to come out better. You're going to come out more engaged because not only are you going to go through trial, but I want you to know that I've already defeated the trial and those consequences of the trial don't have the same consequences in your life as they have in everybody else's life. That's why Romans 8, 28 says, we know that in all things, God works together for our good, all of those things for the people that are called according to his purpose. And here's the last point. As believers, we do not simply go through hard times. You know what we do? We grow through hard times. We grow through them. And we find that that longing and that thirst and that desire is satisfied because we know that it might be difficult right now, but what God is doing is he's working things together for good. I've just learned in life where there is no struggle, there is no strength. And God right now, what he's trying to do is he's trying to strengthen you in some deep things and some satisfying things. And so my question is, is who or what is leading you today? Are you allowing the cravings, are you allowing culture, are you allowing your crew to lead you? Or maybe is it time for you to submit and surrender to the good shepherd, the one who wants to take you to places that will ultimately satisfy your soul? With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're in here today and 
you've been allowing a lot of things to lead you, and you say, you know what, I need to allow God to lead me here today. I need to surrender some things to him and maybe even surrender my life to him. God, we just come before you and we thank you that you're a God that changes things, that you're a God that is wanting to lead God and direct us. And so many times we allow so many other things to have impact and input into how we are doing life. And God, I just pray right now for every man, for every woman, for every student that's in here that is allowing their life to be led by other things, God, to surrender right now to you. To go that I don't want to allow anything else to be my shepherd, but there is one shepherd who will lead God and direct me all the days of my life. And I submit my life to him here today. God, come in and move in my life. Lead me, guide me, direct me. Help me to experience your love, your grace, your mercy in a greater measure than I have before. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.